Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom. Episode 69 here on the podcast, and today we welcome in Chad Austin to the podcast. Chad, thanks for taking time to join us today. Thank you. Now, as we uh, record this, where are you currently? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, as we speak. Okay, and you live. How long have you lived out there now? Uh, I've been out here for twelve years. Twelve years. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I got to tell you, when I make uh, I, I make a list of of some of the former players and everything that I want to to have on our our podcast here, and we've been doing this now a couple years, and um, I've had your name down on there a long time, um, and I have to admit that uh, you you might be my all-time favorite Purdue player. Um, uh, loved watching you play. Loved watching your game. Yeah, you. Uh, um, I thought when you played, I thought you were really good both ends of the floor and just a hard-nosed competitor. And um, I want to get into some of that stuff uh, stuff here today with you. But before we kind of get into your time at Purdue here, I wanted to kind of start with um, your childhood and your upbringing. Um, I know you. Um, grew up in Richmond. Is that where, where you spent your entire childhood? Yes, I was born and raised in Richmond. Um, my family, uh, my mother and father. Um, actually, I, I have a, a very big family. My mother, uh, she has uh, 11 sisters and three brothers. And um, my fa- on my father's side, he has four sisters and three brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, that's my mom, that's 14, that's 15 kids, and my dad, that's eight. So, I, you know, I was always surrounded by family, and, uh, you know, my upbringing was, you know, it was very good, you know. I was, you know, it, it was a very good upbringing as far as, you know, being around family, that big of a family, and, you know, coming from this morning in, and, you know, just, you know, just enjoying life. Now, were most of them, like when you guys got together, was it that big a group? Were most of them here close, you know, in the Midwest yeah, and around I, Richmond? Most of my mom's side was in Richmond. A couple was, um, you know, out of town, living in different parts of the country. And my, on my dad's side, actually I had two brothers when I went to Purdue, I mean two uncles that I went when I went to Purdue that lived in Lafayette. So, you know, I was always surrounded by family, you know, throughout my career, you know. Yeah. So when you were growing up, was how big was sports in your upbringing? Was it something that happened right away, as far as you can remember, or did it come later in your childhood? It it, it was kind of you know, my my parents didn't force me into basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, they put me into different sports. You know, at first I was into baseball. That that was my first sport. Mm. And then you know I kind of grew out of that and, you know, I kind of, you know, fell in love with basketball. Like, nobody really pushed me. I saw my brother play and that kind of, you know, playing against them, you know, as growing up. You know, you can go outside and play 21, 5 and 5, you know, those type of games. And, you know, as a kid, you know, they never took it easy on me. So, I took it as a challenge to get better. And, you know, that's why I kind of grew the love of the game. And obviously, uh, so were you one of the younger ones when you guys got together and played? Were you one of the younger ones? I know, obviously, your older brother, but was in terms of your cousins and stuff, were you still on the younger end of that? 
yes, I was, you know, maybe four or five years younger than them, so they, they always took it, took it hard on me. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. But they knew my job, you know, they, they knew I was always coming back, so they, you know, they would teach me stuff and, you know, they would bring me along with them. So, you know, I would, you know, when they would go outside and play 505, I was playing with them, you know, when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. No. And they were in high school, and so, so I got to learn the game at a very young age. Do you remember, do you remember getting frustrated like that? Because I can imagine, um, and I and as a kid, I played occasionally with some older guys, and um, you know, especially when they're your, um, especially when they're your your kin, you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be more prone probably to do a little trash talking and a lot of things like that. Do you oh, remember yeah. getting frustrated when you were a kid? Oh, uh, most definitely. I think that helped me, you know, with the thick skin and just you know, concentrating on focusing on the task at hand. Because yeah, they took it, they took it, took it hard on me. You know, they was you know trash talking, you know stealing <laughs> the ball from me. You know, I, I can remember months where I couldn't even get to the basket. You know, they just, just steal the ball from me all the time, and you know, but you know, I always come back. So I guess you know, well, it helped if, me throughout yeah, my career. You know, yeah, and it forces you to probably. You know, in a situation like that, it forces you to, to work on things that maybe you didn't want to work on. You know, everybody wants to go shoot. You know, nobody wants to go work on ball handling, and it forces you Absolutely. to do things like that. Absolutely. You know, I had to you know, run the game, play defense, you know, all those things, all those little things that, you know, people may overlook, you know, in the game of basketball. You know, I, I, I learned. And learning from my brother, you know, just, you know, watching him as he grew, you know, in the game and, just being a student of the game, you know, when he was at Purdue, he would bring, you know, stuff home, you know, like the scouting reports and stuff like that. You know, I was reading them at, you know, 15, 16 years old, you know, so I was, I was mentally ahead as far as, you know, at that young age of understanding the little nuances of the game and, you know, knowing how to play your role and, it, for the team to, to win, you know, because the ultimate goal is to win the game, no matter, you know, so you, you try to stand in and play a role to achieve the, achieve the goal. So I learned that at a very, very young age. Wow. That now, so just to our, our listeners uh, realize your older brother, Woody Austin played here. How, what's the age difference between you guys? Uh, five years. Okay. So five years. So yeah, it's interesting that, um, I think that would be a good, uh, a good way to get brought up to speed with how things work, you know, to see it firsthand in your house um, with a sibling like that. Um, so for, in terms of in, when your childhood, when did you start figuring out that, hey, I'm pretty good at this sport and it, and start gravitating more from baseball over to basketball? Uh, I think I'm around middle school. Um, uh, no, I, I kind of realized that, you know, the game was starting to come easy to me. I understood the game. I was, uh, you know, I was watching videos. You know, like I understood that I was, you know, like this is I love to do this. Like I would wake up and go outside and play basketball. Though, so I knew that this was something that I wanted to do, and um, so I, I felt that I start to become, you know, good and good at it around middle school. 
And so, you know, I, you know, I just started, you know, spending most of my time, you know, working on my craft. So then, at what point, uh, we, when you were kind of entering that phase where basketball was that big a deal to you, what was your brother up to? Was he getting, was he, he was in high school, was he old enough that he was starting to get recruited? Uh, yes, most definitely. He was, I'd say, he was getting recruited probably around his sophomore year. You know, I think they were, I think was it, his freshman year he was on the high school varsity team. I think that was 85. And they went to the, they went to the finals, state finals, and they got beat by Marion. And then they went again in 87. And they got beat by Marion again because Marion, they they to it, I think, from 85 to 88. I think those were the years that they, you know, did the three feet in the state championship. Mm. But two, two of those years, my brother and them, you know, they, they lost in the finals to Marion. So, getting a chance to see that, you know, see them grow into basketball and, you know, watching all these great players. You know, I was, as far as AAU too, um, you know, that, you know, watching him in that scene too, playing, the, you know, playing with the, you know, all the great players from Indiana. I mean, I, I watched a lot of great basketball growing up, so I saw saw a lot of great players, you know, watching him as he developed, you know, his craft. Yeah, what a great uh, what a great lesson that is. And you and you guys grew up. I mean, Richmond um, historic program, and you know, large gym, big crowds. You know, wh- when you saw those games, and you started to enter you know, get to that age where you're getting ready to enter high school. Was that a big deal? Did you think, were you getting excited? Like, man, I could, I could play in front of these crowds one day and play, you know, at this level. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we had, um, back then we had like a, you know, it was a community of, you know, of people helping us. You know, we had, uh, you know, my guys like Ava Stewart, um, Bob Van Pelt, who's from my community that, you know, they, they started an AAU team, and it was basically all Richmond players. And um, we kind of developed, you know, that team atmosphere, that team chemistry at a young age. So, you know, say from eighth grade, you know, playing in the AAU with, you know, all the players from Richmond. Then we went to high school, so we was kind of already a team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that helped us too, you know, as far as, our high school career and you know we ended up winning the championship in 92 but that was you know you know you no know, now that i think about it and reflect on it you know that was big for you know as far as in the community you know helping us you know developing in us putting their you know investing their time in us so we can you know achieve that goal yeah you guys had some great teams and um and when you were at what when you get to that level, you're having success, you know, it's, it's kind of like all that work and everything paying off. Um, when did you first start hearing from colleges and start realizing that, uh, you know, when you guys won in 92, Woody was here, right? He was at Purdue. And so, you know, you had kind of seen the recruiting process probably through him, but when did it, when did it register with you that like, yeah, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to get school paid for and, and, and play somewhere, you know, on a scholarship. When did that moment happen? Do you remember? Uh, it was the beginning of my junior year. Okay. You know, um, you know we was, you know, we was a good team and, uh, 
we was a good team in my sophomore year, and I started my sophomore year. But as far as you know, getting you know uh, mail loads of you know re- recruiting from you know different colleges, it, it started my junior career. Yeah, my junior junior. Okay, well, I was a junior in high school. And so, what was the recruiting process like for you? What, uh, what you know, what who ended up being kind of your finalists, and and how did that process happen? Um, well, of course, Purdue, um, uh, Ohio State, and um, Louisville was my top three. Okay. And um, unfortunately, um, I didn't pass my SAT, so I went to prep school and. Uh, you know, I ended up going to Purdue, and you know, Purdue always had the, um, you know, they was always kind of had the lead because I always wanted to be around family. Yeah. So you know, I had two uncles that stayed in Lafayette. I was familiar with you know the campus. You know, with my brother, you know, I used to go to the practices and watch the practices with him. So I knew the team. <laughs> Even before my brother went to Purdue, I used to watch Purdue. You know, I, I was a fan of Ty Mitchell and yeah. Troy Lewis and, you know, Ever Stevens, Mel McKinney, all those you know, great Purdue players from the past. I used to watch them before, you know, you know, my brother even knew that he was going to Purdue. I used to watch those games. So, you know, I always kind of um, was leaning towards Purdue. You know, I knew about Purdue at a young age, you know, who used to go visit, you know, my uncles, you know, watch Purdue games. So, you know, I was familiar with Purdue at a very young age. Oh, that's cool. Now, when when your brother was getting recruited, were you kind of secretly hoping that he was going to go to Purdue? <laughs> Actually, you know, um, I was I was hoping he would go to Louisville, to be honest. Okay. Because he, he, he was, I think his top three was North Carolina, Purdue, and Louisville. So, but, you know, he was kind of, you know, he's kind of like me as far as, you know, wanting to be around family. So, mm-hmm. you know, he picked Purdue. And, you know, we talk about that all the time right now when we recruit players about the benefits of, you know, if you're from pretty close proximity to Lafayette and West Lafayette and how how good it is to be able to play in front of family and share those moments together and, you know, the – the game's yes. over and you're, you know, you're with your your parents, your family, your friends, and just being able to share those experiences. Talk, you know, as you look back, is that something that you really man, treasure? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really do. You know, um, you know, just reflecting back on my career as as a whole, you know, I got an opportunity to play ten years in Europe, and um, you know, you, you like you said, you cherish those moments where your your family can come see you play. Cause, you know. My family didn't get to really see me play a professional career. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, reflecting back on that, I, actually, I have a I have an uncle that stays in Germany. So I actually got to play. Uh, I played in a EuroLeague one year for the Opel Skyliners in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. And my uncle lived like 30 minutes away from, you know, where I played. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, you know, you know things like that. You know, I was he was able to come see me play, and I was you know around family. I can go get a you know home cooked meal. Yeah. You know. So you know, I reflect on those things, and you know, just that year for him to be able to see me play. You know, you know, you cherish those moments absolutely. 
It's amazing because like, I think the more and more I talk to some of our guys who, who've gone through here and they look back on their careers, like, you know, you remember that time with family as much as you do like the big wins, you know, and, exactly. and you, you talked about, you know, you played overseas for a long time, but you know, being able to see family over there was probably one of the highlights of being over there. Uh, most definitely, most definitely, you know, that was, you know, I, I had a, you know, a couple of people ask me, you know, what was, you know, like you said, one of my greatest highlights as far as my professional career. And I, you know, I, there's two, you know, I, I, I had an opportunity to play with Magic Johnson my second, my second year in Europe. Oh, cool. He had a team in uh, Sweden and, you know, just that opportunity alone, you know, just him recognizing my game, yeah. picking me to be on his team was in itself amazing. And, you know, getting an opportunity to play with him, he came over and played six games with us. Um, you know, opportunity to talk to him, you know, conversate with him, you know, just to be around that greatness. You yeah. Know, is, you yeah. know, I, I always tell a story where, um, you know, he's, I'm coming into the, you know, we haven't practiced and I get there, you know, I usually get there an hour and a half early to work on, you know, work on shooting, maybe get some stretching in and, you know, that was my regular routine throughout my career. And so I get to the arena and he's already there sweating. You know, I'm here, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm there an hour and a half. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just like, so, you, you know, you appreciate that greatness in that work they put in, you know, in their craft to get to that level. So, you know, to see it firsthand, you know, it's truly amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story. So when you – um you get through high school. Uh, you talked about you. You have to go the prep route. Um, so a, a few weeks ago, we talked to Brad Miller on here, and okay. and we yeah. talked about his prep school days quite a bit. And he mentioned you guys up there together. And and he had an interesting story with Coach Good. He said at one point, uh, Coach Good was like, "Man, you know, I wish I had every all my players are from Indiana because these two guys get it, and the rest of you guys don't know what the hell you're doing." And he said you guys kind of started to form a bond, obviously, you know, both going to Purdue. And, um, you know, what do you remember from that year at prep school? Yeah, man, Brad has, you know, we, we definitely did form a bond up there. You know, Brad's my man. Um, yeah, man, it was just, you know, we uh, – it was – we get up, we practice before we do anything. So, we you know, we was practicing like at 5, 5.30 in the morning. You know, intense practices, you know, before we go to school, you know, we – taught us a lot of, you know, lessons that, you know, people may overlook. Uh, we had to make our bed before we do anything, you know what I mean? Get up, make your bed, you know, eat, uh, eat breakfast, straight to practice, you know, two-hour practice, then go to school, do your homework, uh, you know, then maybe after, you know, you're playing, um, you know, pick up ball or whatever, but, you know, it, it, it was it was, it was was good for, I think, for me, both of us, me and Brad, to give a structure. And, you know, it, you know, as far as us being from Indiana, we, we, we formed a bond. And knowing that we was both going to Purdue, we, you know, we kind of gravitated towards each other. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great. Did you get any sense, like, as you guys started to play with each other and then when, like, games started happening at prep school, did you start to say, like, man, this guy is pretty good and we could be pretty good together? Did you get – did that ever cross oh, yeah. your mind? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, you know, I knew Brad was, when I first played with Brad, I knew he was, you know, you know, 
mentally smart in the game of basketball. You know, just with, you know, how he, you know, passed the ball. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that, you know, I noticed about him as far as being a big man and him being able to pass like that. And, you know, he just, uh, I, you know, I think he, you know, remember he, he was a, you know, a guard before he, you know, he grew, you know, to, I think, 6'11". So he knew he had all those, you know, guard skills and being able to see the court and stuff like that at, at a young age. So I knew that, you know, as far as mentally, we both was kind of on the same page as understanding the game. So I knew that we could be pretty good together. I wonder if, um, I wonder looking back, like if the staff at the time knew kind of what they had coming in with you too, because I mean, you guys get here to Purdue and um, just great careers. I mean, you had a tremendous career here. You know, you score just under 1700 career points. Um, You start 103 games. Um, you know, just a, a great, great run here um, in West Lafayette. Talk about when you got to campus. So you get through the year of prep school and you finally get to campus. What uh, what was Purdue like then and what was going through your mind as a freshman? Uh, I mean, I was I was static. You know, they had just won the um, Big Ten Championship. I mean, I was thinking national championship, you know, yeah. when I, when my freshman year. I mean, I was looking at the team we had and I was like, you know, if I can just, you know, bring bring that same type of mentality, intensity that I played with at prep school, and 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 add it to, you know, these group of guys. I mean, I, that's, you know, that was my mentality. You know, has always been my mentality as far as you know, you, you set a goal and you try to achieve it. So, you know, obviously we didn't achieve the goal, but you know, that's that's how you have to look at it. You know. You, you go into every season like this is you want to win a national championship what right do, what can we do to get to that level so i mean i saw they won the big 10 championship the previous year i knew most of the guys was coming back i just want i understood that i was coming in to play a role i wasn't coming in to you know we had matt waddell you know starting at the you know two guard uh, i think was it Porter Roberts? Mm-hmm. Um, so that backcourt was solidified. I was just want to come in and add, you know, you know, add to that. So whether me coming off the bench, you know, coming off the bench, giving the, you know Matt Waddell a breather, you know, matching up with the you know two guard and playing good defense. Whatever my role was, I accepted it and tried to do the best at it. So, and then you know, you know, and you know. The, when the opportunity presents itself for me, for you know, for me to get a starter job or get more minutes, you know, take advantage of it. But I wasn't coming in as you know, I'm the man. I'm going to take somebody's spot or anything like that. You know, that wasn't that was never my mindset. You know, as far as me coming in Purdue, I just wanted to come in, fit in, and try to help the team win the championship. You know, I think it's it's um, it's first of all, it's great to hear you say that because that I think probably helped contribute to your success as a player and and gave you such a great career because you had that mindset so often now we see guys that come in that want to hit home runs right you know right as they get here they want to be and it and it's hard like I don't think I don't think that young young people really understand how hard it is in the jump it's 
you know, everything now that you see um, with young players, and I don't want to sound like an old man here, but like, you know, you know how it is. Like you see guys that they, they see everything on social media and how like they're built up to be so good. And it's hard for them to understand that when they get here, they're playing against grown men, against guys who have been in a college weight program for two, three, four years. And it's just hard. I mean, it's no knock on them. They're very talented, most of them. Yeah. But you have to be so good to play as a freshman. Man, and, you know, just like you said, you know, you're coming in and playing against, you know, you know, guys that's been there, you know, even, like you said, sophomore, but, you know, guys that's been there junior years, junior seniors, like I said, they got two years of weight training, right. understanding the college game. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different game. Um, you know, just understanding uh, what you need to do as far as campus, and you know, getting that, uh, you know, your student, you know, activities, you know, learning the campus and what you have to do as far as that. Right. So it, there's a lot of stuff you, that you have to learn as a freshman is not only just basketball basketball is you know you know definitely a part of but you know as far as your living and you know studies and you know all all that goes into it so yeah it's definitely uh um uh, it's definitely hard but I think it's a lot easier, you know, for the kids now, you know, like you said, with the technology, some of it's, it's a gift and a curse, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I but, would, you know, I, I, I agree with you, you know, you, you, you know, some kids come in and think they're just going to take over and they don't understand the, the, the process and the hard work you have to do to, you know, you know, always achieve, you know, to get to that level. And I and I think too that the the curse part of the social media is that you have so-called friends who really aren't close to you. They just you know they yep. may just just chatter out there, and it's really chatter from strangers. But it's almost like if you don't live up to what they think, then somehow you know you're underachieving. When in reality, the only people that matter are yourself and your coaches. And if your exactly. coach you know if your coaches say hey you know, you averaging, you know, six points a game as a freshman and playing, you know, 12 minutes a game is exactly what we need. You're doing great. And some people may look at that as, well, why is he playing more or scoring more? And yeah. and that creates problems as well. When you were when you were here and starting out, um, you know, that's probably another benefit of you having family that really understood and got it and didn't maybe, you know, put pressures on you and just kind of let you do your thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to my parents because they let even, you know, just throughout my childhood and up, you know, to Purdue, they let the coaches coach. They just, you know, they, they, they didn't uh, put their two cents into, you know, what was, you know, their craft. You know, they understood that, you know, this is what they do and this was what they are good at and they're going to get the best out of me and, and not only basketball you know you know teaching you know coaches who teach this game it's, it's also life life skills and you know right you know so the stuff that you learn is is going to be with you throughout life so i think my parents understood that that point of it i understood that you know no matter what if he's you know if he's playing or not playing, he's going to get some skills that's going to be with him for life. That's going to be good for him. 
Now, so D- I think a lot of a lot of uh, people don't understand that. So when you, do you catch yourself speaking of things that you kind of carry on through the rest of your life? Do you catch yourself um, still doing things that maybe Coach Katie and the staff instilled in you, or do you ever say any use any of the sayings that Coach Katie used to use? Oh uh, yeah, you know, family. You know, it's you know, family and play hard. You know, you know, hard work. Uh, you know, those are you know. Those are always going to be instilled with me. Being on time, you know, those little things. Right, right. Uh, you know, they're still with me. It's just ingrained in me now, you know. Being on time means being 10 minutes early, you know. <laughs> That's what <laughs> yeah, they always say. Yeah, you know yep, yep, you no think you're there at 9.30, you got to be there at 9.20. Yep. The bus is leaving at 9.30. If you're here at 9.30, be leaving you, you know what I mean? Those things that, you know, I still remember, you know. And I'll... So, I'll never forget it. at the end of Coach Katie's run here. Um, I was the sports information guy, and uh, we would get on the bus, and Coach was on there. I mean, insanely early, and when always, he, it was always, always yep, always. And when Coach Painter was hired, and it was basically the coach in waiting, and spent a year as the associate coach. Um, we, we were at Wisconsin one year, and uh, Coach Painter and Coach Martin got to the bus and we left let's say we left at five o'clock they got to the bus at like 4 40 and everybody was on the bus except those two and coach katie looked at him and said where you guys been and they were <laughs> like and they were like trying to be diplomatic about it and they're like well coach we still got 20 minutes till the bus is supposed to leave and he looked right. at his watch like oh okay but everybody was already on the bus like that's just yeah. the kind of that you know it's amazing when you get that culture and you instill that in everybody how those lessons carry through. I always hear former players talk about, yeah, being on time. And I always hear, like they say, to this day, I make my bed every morning because Coach Katie would bring that up all the time. Yep, yep, yep. So you, uh, so when you're here, you guys win. Uh, you win the Big Ten your freshman year. Um, and then going into your sophomore year, um, you mentioned like Matt Waddell graduates, um, Conzo graduated. Um, you guys – uh, a, a a bit of a, a new team going into your sophomore year with the six seniors and a team that was kind of everybody thought okay well now Purdue's going to kind of fall off a little bit here when they lost you know those guys um, and a new role for you you know you went from you played thirty plus games your freshman year you started seven games but um, going into your sophomore year you know, was it, was it evident to you that you were going to get that starting spot or was it something you had to, to earn and work to get? Um, I knew that I had an opportunity to get it, but you know, I wasn't, my mindset was not, you know, you know, you got guys coming in recruiting and guys working hard. So, you know, my mindset was to continue to work hard and, you know, whatever happened, happened. So I knew I had the opportunity to get it, you know, my sophomore year, we still was a good team. You know, we had a, you know, a lot of a lot of guys that 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 played uh, great roles throughout that team. You know, and we was a de- definitely a de- defensive minded team my sophomore year. So yeah, yeah, I think I concentrated more on that my sophomore year is as is just working on my craft uh, defensive defensively because I knew that was going to get me on the court because you know that's 
that's another thing. Coach Ketty was, you know, that instilled as far as, you know, the game of basketball is, you know, playing good defense. You know, you, you don't rest on defense, you rest on offense. You know, that's what that's another thing you should yeah. say. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I just, you know, concentrated on my defense defensive craft and and you know, just, you know, the opportunity presented itself now, you know, I got the starting role. We still talk about that. We still talk about if you want to play, play defense. You know, Coach Painter's good. Yeah. If you can guard somebody, Coach Painter's going to find a spot for you. There's no doubt exactly. about that. Yeah. So, um, good success. Again, your sophomore year, you guys win the Big Ten, back-to-back Big Ten championships. Um, and then as you got to be an upperclassman, um, how did things change for you and how did things change with the team as you got to be an upper, uh, upperclassman? Because six seniors go out the door between your sophomore and junior year. And now you're all of a sudden, I would think, kind of looked at as you know, you and Brad kind of being uh, yeah, we was juniors uh, and being the man, being the you know the the guys really, the pillars. Yeah, yeah, me and me and Brad, our junior years, we became yeah the leaders of the team, the captains of the team. Um, but I give a lot of to my success to all the you know all the seniors that you know I played with. You know, like you said, my with Conzo Martin. Brandon, you know, Brandon Brantley, um, all those guys that, you know, left, you know, I learned from them as far as how to be a leader, you know, how to bring the guys along, you know, teaching them. And I did it in my own style. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a laid back person, Yeah, really a, a intro, introvert, you know, I, I really keep to myself. So I just kind of had to find the, the nick of how, you know, how can I, be a leader and still be myself and you know it was it was great you know uh you know we, the the team followed me and you know we we had success you know my junior and senior year obviously like you said we didn't we didn't win the big 10 title or anything like that but you know we we won some games and you know we got to the we got to the um ncaa tournament so <laughs> overall was yeah I say I had a great career at Purdue. Yeah, and you guys had, I mean, you had really good seasons, um, really good seasons your junior and senior year. And then your senior year, you make that run in March and um, you come up short against it in St. Louis against Stanford, but but yeah. won a lot of games. I mean, a 28 and 8, you know, run and 12 and 4, and your senior year in the Big Ten, 12 and 6, your junior year in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, you were winning twelve plus games a year in the league, so a great career here. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about. I'm glad you brought it up in in terms of leadership. And and you referenced you're a laid back guy and like to keep to yourself. What do you? And I think a lot of times, and we see this with our current teams, you may have a guy similar to yourself that now becomes an upperclassman, and then everybody looks to him and says, "Okay, well, he's got to be a leader." But there's a lot of different ways to lead. And yeah. what, you know, what would you say to a player now that is maybe similar to you in terms of being laid back and maybe not the, the most, um, you know, vociferous person, or somebody that's going to really jump up and down and scream and things like that. What would you say to that person in terms of how they could lead or what they could do to help their teammates? I think first is lead by example, uh, you know, do everything, you know, that is asked, you know, from the coaches, you know, they'll be on time, be the first one there, uh, you know, last one to leave. Um, 
and for me, I was more of being personable, you know, one-on-one, trying to find out um, the other guy's personalities mm-hmm. and making them feel comfortable around me and letting them know my personality, knowing that, hey, look. So I would bring them to the side. I would never try to confront them in, in, in a you know group setting if they was doing something wrong or, you know, just those little things I would try to do as, you know, <clears throat> as a leader, you know, like, you know, hey, you need to do, pull them to the side, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and that. And I could, you know, I think they understood, you know, my personality, and I start to understand they some of the guys' personalities, and you know some, you know some guys you have to yell at, right, right, to right. motivate them. You know, yep. you know, there's guys with different. You know, some guys you don't have to say too much to. You know, they get it, leave them alone, they're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys you you know pull to the side, talk to them, try to get them to understand because you know Coach Katie, he's always gonna be that one that's gonna yell at you and you know hey boom boom you need to do this so some guys may not they may get you know they may not understand that type you know right right so you know as far as me being a little hey look you know he he doesn't mean it like that you know understand you know this is the goal we're trying to get to don't take it personal you know you you know you got to understand his personality too so you know just talking to the younger guys bringing them in letting them know each, you know, different personalities of the coaches, of the people that's around us. So they get an understanding, you know, knowing that they're coming in and they're not the man. Hey, listen, you know, all the high school stuff is over with, you know. Right, right. This is a different, this is a different type of beast, you know. And so, you know, because a lot of, you know, players come in with that attitude that they're going to take over and, you know, so. I think that helped me just, you know, just being myself. I didn't change. I didn't change my, you know, I didn't change my personality to be that leader. So I think, you know, as far as somebody who's like me, I think those are the things that you probably would want to concentrate on. Um, so talk about you, you finish up at Purdue, great career. Um, and, I assume you kind of knew I want you wanted to keep playing as long as you could. Talk to us about your journey and your professional career and, and starting out overseas as soon as you got done. Yeah, um, no, after my senior year, um, I got a call to try out for Milwaukee Bucks. I went up there, tried out. They said it was going to call me back, and then that was the lockout year. Oh yeah, that that's was right. that '98. Um, so I had a deal. So I was either, either I had either I was gonna wait for that call back or take a deal in Turkey. Uh, so I ended up taking a deal in Turkey. My first, you know, because it was you know it was a nice chunk of money, and you know, mm-hmm. I was fresh out of college. I had I had my daughter who was born. So you know, that's how my mind frame was thinking. I had to provide for her, so I yeah. took a deal, and uh. Had a great, you know, that my first year in Turkey, it was good. You know, I, like I said, you know, learning the professional game, uh, the ins and outs. I had a, a, you know, playing against, you know, professionals, people who was in the NBA. So, like, I had a great first year. 
And then my second year, you know, I got the opportunity to play with Magic. Uh, and that was, you know, that was definitely a highlight of my career as far as professionally. And he was part owner too? Yeah, he was part owner. Um, he came and played, like I said, he came and played six games with us. Wow, that is really cool. And we had an American coach. Uh, his name was Charles Barton. He was he was residing in Sweden for a number of years. He was huh. at a Sweden passport. So everything, my second year was just amazing as far as the culture, opportunity to play with an American coach. You know, my first year I played with, you know, Turkish coach. He really didn't know English. What city so was that, that in in Turkey? Italia. Italia. Uh, uh, Island. Island is south of Turkey. Italia. And then, um, and then in Sweden, what city were you in? I was in Barros city, a uh, small town, Barros. Okay. And then my third year, I played with, I played in the Euro League for um, Opal Skyliners. Uh, and that was a great experience, you know, getting to play against the top, you know, Europe, New European players. Uh, you know, Euro League was a tough league. I did pretty good in the league. I think I averaged like 17 or whatever. And, and then I, my fourth year, I think my fourth year I was in Israel for a couple of years. And then I went to Greece. Uh, I played in Russia. Um, I was in uh, France for maybe a couple of months. Wow. Uh, I was all over. I played in, um, I ended up uh, uh, finishing my career in Dubai for a team in, um, for a team in Syria. That was my final year. Wow. So, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to see the world and um, play for a lot of, you know, different coaches, a lot of great players, different different players. So it was definitely a great experience. You know, ten, I, I, I played for 10 years, so. Yeah, that's fantastic. That What, what was your favorite place to live over there? Ah, that's a great question. Um, I always say, you know, my great experience was, you know, obviously Frankfurt because I was around family. You know, I, I, I value family, so yeah. that was important for me. But uh, as far as, I want to say Greece probably. I had a, <laughs> I had a, um, I had a flat right on the beach, so wow, wow! It was, you know, I, it was it, the scenery was amazing. So that's hard. That to, was a great, yeah. That's that, a great place to live. Yeah. That, that's hard to beat having a, a a place on the water in Greece, playing basketball. I mean, life's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. We had uh, I talked to Keaton Grant um, a few weeks ago, and he spent a lot of time in Greece as well, playing, and he just absolutely loved it. And uh, really loved the culture over there, and the food, and the people, and just thought it was great. Yeah, Greece is a great league too. It's a real good league. It's a real good league. What any coaches out there that stand out that you like playing for more than others? Um, I mean, all the co- I mean, all the coaches, like you said, you know, Coach Good at prep school, um, my high school coach, Coach Griff. Um, obviously, Coach Caddy. You know, um, you know all the all the coaches who are who had that mentality of, you know, you know, win and, you know, we're going to do it as a team and bringing that team culture throughout 
the organization, not just only the team, but throughout the, you know, whole environment, you know, that's, I think that's something that people take for granted nowadays, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it hard for you to just, to stop playing? Did you, did you struggle with that decision or was it one where you were like, Hey, it's time? Uh, no, not, not for me. It wasn't, I, I tore my ACL uh in 2005 and and i told myself and at that time i was like maybe 31 mm-hmm. you know i was you know it, so you know i told myself i was going to get back to the level of you know of me playing and then i was going to call it quits gotcha so it took me yeah it took me two years you know a year about a year and a half to me actually getting back to that level mm-hmm. but then you know played another year and did you know and then i i knew i knew around 33 that that was the end of it for me because you know i knew after the acl surgery i had lost a step i was thinking about other things anyway uh thinking about coming home you know being around my family uh you know starting a you know you know just thinking about other things i want to do in life uh right raising my kids uh no, I didn't really get the opportunity to be around my firstborn because I, you know, I was always traveling, so I didn't. I missed the opportunity to see her, you know, be around her and raise her, you know, like I. So with my other two kids, that's what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. I have two kids now, so I wanted to be around them and every day, you know, do the little things, you know, make sure they, you know, pick them up from school and all those type of little things that you know you take for granted. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Was New York always your home base when you were playing overseas? No, actually, Chicago was. Okay. Chicago was my home base for 10 years. And then what uh, What led you to move the, out east? Um, uh, me and my wife, uh, she, went to, um, she wanted to do fashion. She's a makeup artist. So oh, we cool. Was in, yeah, she was living in Chicago, and uh, she got an opportunity to do that. Uh, fashion show here in New York and I think she always wanted to uh, either here or LA so you know I told her after the after I got done doing what I do you know, you, we can go wherever you want um, behind you it's whatever wherever you want to go I'm, I'm there for you so we, we decided to move out here to New York City that's all that's awesome that's a really really cool story so yeah. Well, we uh, Chad, we end every one of these podcasts. I have a final four questions that we uh, we ask everybody, and they're kind of uh, some off off topic questions. So we'll get to the final four here with Chad Austin. Uh, first question is: What's your go to music of choice? My go to music of choice. Uh, I'm a fan of Jay Z. I, I like to listen to Jay Z. Okay, yeah. that's your guy, huh? So that's normally if you're driving around somewhere, that's going what's, that's going to be what's playing. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, question two on the final four. What is your favorite book or maybe a favorite all-time book or maybe a good book you've recently read? Um, right now, hold on, sorry. I'm reading a book called um, Quiet by um, Susan Cain. It's a 
it's a book about the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. <laughs> wow, so, that's really yeah. cool. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, so, um, you know, I kind of just, you know, because that's kind of my personality. So, I, yeah. A, a friend, uh, a friend gave me this book, and it's you know very interesting. So now, do you find yourself when you read that? Do you does it strike a chord with you? Or are you like yes, exactly, like exactly, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. I'll have to keep that book in mind because. Um, you know, as I referenced earlier, I mean, you know, that's one of the beauties of a team of a, in a team sport is you have so many different personalities and so many uh, personality types. And when you get those guys that are laid back, um, you know, I think there's a misconception sometimes is like that they don't care or that they don't want to work. And that's not true. It's just personality wise. They maybe just don't want to do it from the front, lead from exactly. the front. So, yeah, that, that, that was me. You know, I really wasn't a talkative guy, but I worked. Right. Know, and so, uh, and, you know, you appreciate the people who recognize that, you know, you know, that, you know, he, he just, you know, he's just going about his business. He's working. He's not messing with nobody. He's for himself. And, you know, some people don't like it. And I understand it. You know, uh, you know, they may take it, like you said, as a misconception and you understand it. And then some people actually love it. So, you know, yeah. there's always, you know, a thin line between love and hate, I guess that's yeah. what you can say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good call. Yeah. Okay, question three here on the final four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession you wanted starting tomorrow, what would that be? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, hmm. Probably want to be an owner of a basketball team, actually. You know, like, mm. <laughs> Very, yeah, that's a great answer. We've never had anybody say that answer. Um, that would be really cool. Do you um, do you follow like when you're following the NBA and stuff? Do you follow the, you know, nowadays there's so much player movement and things like that. Is that something you always kind of keep an eye on? Yeah, you know, I I, I keep an eye on it and you know try to keep up with the you know little nuances of the game and how it's changing and like I, you know I'm, I'm a I'm a fan of the game. You know, I always will be, and um, so you know, I keep up with those things. Yeah. Now you're not. Are you a Knicks fan now? Nah. I'm not a Knicks fan. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> if you are, man, we're gonna have to send you a care package. It's been a long few years. <laughs> <laughs> but my son, though, he's a Brooklyn Nets fan, so oh, you know, okay. I'm into the games. Yeah. So. There you go. So your kids are into it, and what? And and. Uh, that's got to be cool. I mean, do they? Do you guys ever get into discussion about your playing days? Like, do they have they seen clips of you or games of when you played? Uh, yeah, no. My son is starting to realize. You know, um, I really never talked to him about, it, but you know, people talk to him about it. You know, as we go home and see my parents, and you know, my mama has kept you know, most of my clippings and yeah, you know, games and stuff. So she'll show him. And, you know, some you know sometimes. Um, stuff will come over the media i'm not really involved heavily in social media so people will send me stuff that may be on social media or something that i had did in the past and i may show him that so he's you know he's learning as he grows older you know what type of career i had as far as college and you know professional that that's awesome that's gotta be really really rewarding and fun yeah um, last question here on the final four. What is a little known fact that no one or very few people know about you? Oh, 
was no fact. Oh, it's probably a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, usually when you're laid back like you are, and you don't, you know, you don't talk about yourself all the time. There, there. Usually, you have some good ones. <laughs> you usually have some good things you've held back. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, a little known fact about me is I, I let, you know, as an introvert, I actually enjoy company, I guess. That's a really? Thing. That's yeah. it. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you yeah, feel I mean, do you feel um, like do you like being alone at all, or do you need to be yeah. around people? Uh, I don't need to be around people. Like I enjoy both, kind of. You know, gotcha. it so, doesn't affect me either way. Yeah. So I can be alone and be peaceful with you know with the quietness and, and being, then I can be around people and enjoy myself. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm around people and I get into that quiet mode and observing and listening, and that may take, you know, may uh, wrong people the wrong way. So, uh, but you know, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy uh, being sociable, though. Yeah, there's nothing. So. Uh, I think it, either either one of too much people probably you know you're around people all the time then you want to get to that quiet spot and get alone for, for a few yeah. minutes and vice versa yeah. so well hey man th i want to thank you for taking time with us today it's great to catch up with you um and just kind of go down memory lane with you a little bit but also just kind of um hear about you and your family and the fact you're doing so well and had such a great career and i know um i know our fans will enjoy hearing this and uh, you know we Whenever we get through this uh, this pandemic, um, you know we'll we'll get back to playing ball and having our, our reunions and stuff. And we'd love to get you back here for one of those one year. I know that uh, our fans would would love to see it, and maybe we can talk you into playing in one of those alumni games and having your kids can see you out there on Mackey again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've actually been, um, you know, trying to get back in shape. You know, it's just I have pulled my calf a few years back, and I just kind of, you know really didn't you know force myself to get back in shape so now i'm trying to you know do that so yeah that I, I, that may be a goal that i set for myself where you know next year hopefully you know god willing get the opportunity to come back and um you know see some of the guys and you know be able to play and you know like you said see have my kids you know see see me play yeah but i you know i appreciate this man uh Thanks, thanks for the interview, and um, I'm I'm a dude till I die. So, well, we love hearing that, man. We love and your your uh, your success here. I mean, you you impact guys now, and you probably don't even realize you do because uh, uh, you know Co Coach Painter being a former player here in the program and playing for Coach Katie. You know, we're always referencing guys who played here and and uh, and comparing guys to you know former players and things like that and. Uh, your name comes up a bunch, especially as a, as a guy who did it on both ends of the floor and uh, and maximized 
his potential and, and won a lot of games, contributed on both ends of the floor. So um, it, it's been great to talk to you, and, uh, and thanks again for taking time. All right. Take care. All right, that was episode 69 here on the Boilerball Podcast with Chad Austin. want to appreciate everybody for listening, and until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Thank you.